0: Everybody and welcome to Blackhawks on tap the four feathers podcast post game show man I don't know how you're feeling right now i'm I'm pretty fucking pissed off ron i i, I it's just uh, might as well just mark this one explicit right from the get go dude uh, I, how take me through what you're feeling i'm gonna pour myself a shot real quick uh, I just tweeted out the uh the four beers I brought down here. Um, I actually grabbed another one. You can hear me pouring myself a nice little shot of Fireball. Um, that's a fire stand shot. I haven't done Fireball shots. I think on this show, and last time I did this was uh, when Coach Q was was relieved of his duties. But uh, I, I'm pissed right now, Ron. Uh, let's let's turn it over to you.
1: I am fucking fuming right now. I am so – I would, like I said to you before we jumped on, I have not been this angry about a hockey game that wasn't a playoff game in a very, very long time. But I am very, very pissed off right now, and I just hope that whoever those jackasses that were refereeing this game tonight, I I, I kind of hope they listen to this podcast and they legitimately – feel my words cut right through them like an electric sword because I am just, mm, I'm just really pissed off. I'm just trying not to scream right now, but I can't make any promises on this episode.
0: Yeah, I don't even have the, the stats pulled up. Normally we get in, you know, 10, 15 minutes after the game's over and, uh, you know, we, we we talk for about 10 minutes before we do the show, talk about what we want to talk about. And uh, plan some things out, look over the stats for the night and kind of get like a little uh, picture going for, for, you know, what we're, what we're going to do tonight. And tonight, Ron and I hopped on and we hit the record button probably about, what, a minute into the call. So there was no prep going into this. Um, hmm. We're pissed. We're, we're, we're pissed off. I don't, I don't even know if I want to go through the beginning of this game, Ron, but let's start there. It was shades of yesterday when we're about, I don't know, 15 minutes through the first fucking period, Ron, and we've got like two or three shots on net, and it looks like the only guy out there playing is Robin Lehner and uh, Jonathan Taves, and everybody else is just kind of ho-humming around, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like lackluster first, and I think you and Johnny said it last night, like, you cannot play 20 minutes of hockey In the NHL and expect to win a fucking game and you know all of everything that happened aside I was really disappointed in the effort in the first period I don't know about you I'll turn it over to you
1: yeah I think the first period was garbage um it's second night in a row you know they came out a little flat fortunately for them Boston was also coming off a back-to-back so they came out flat too um for at least for their standards. But yeah, Robin Lehner hero of the first period, just like Corey Crawford was last night up in Minnesota um, makes, I think it was 16 saves in the first period. If I remember correctly, was the number tonight for Lehner. Uh, One of those was that excellent diving save where he made cross crease, which will surely be one of his top 10 saves by the time the year is over. And yeah, they, um, they, they looked bad, but their goaltending bailed them out and they were able to roll into the second period. Um, And, played much better in that second frame
0: yeah the second frame was was very encouraging I, i'm just now finally getting to the, the, the game recap here that i normally have up second period was much more encouraging a little bit more energy uh from the hawks You get that early lead um i knew one wasn't gonna be enough i don't know about you i knew one was not going to be enough to get this job done and so you're just kind of hoping because let's be honest ron i'm gonna just let's cut through the bullshit boston is a far better team than the chicago blackhawks they're oh, sure far and away better than the chicago blackhawks you've got this lead you've beaten them once before already this season and you're just kind of hoping as a fan like sneak one more by and let's yeah. see what happens like that's the mentality you have You're you're sipping on your beer and you're like all right Let's get one fucking more, boys, and we're going to be fine. And that didn't happen. That didn't fucking happen. What what happens? Boston fucking ties the game up. And right from there, Ron, I, I knew this thing was destined for for overtime or mm-hmm. a late slip away. Not because the Hawks weren't going to press in the third period, which they did. They did mm-hmm. press in the third period. We're going to talk about the third period. But fuck, man. You just you felt it, you felt it kind of slip when Boston tied this game on that curly goal with like what about eight minutes left in in the yeah. third, like in the second you just you you felt that kind of even out tone there because Robin Lehner tonight ron he stood on his head i don't i don't have the stats in front of me, but he stood on his head for i'm gonna look. Uh, how many shots did they have on goal tonight?
1: 40, 40.
0: Mm-hmm. So 38 times you got bailed out by Robin Lehner. I think I was watching it at like the end of the first, and maybe it was the early second. They flashed the scoring chances up there and it was like 12 to one. on mm-hmm. like quality scoring chances. So you knew this was going to be at least at that point, you got kind of lucky with your fir- with your first goal to bring it slipping one by, but, you knew that Robin Lehner was going to have to be almost 100%. And that's a lot to put on a goaltender, Ron. Uh, that's just a lot to put on a goaltender. And you just kind of felt this, like, you had to get lucky in this game. And they, they kind of were. But they did play okay through that second period. Let's move to the third, round. You started off. You you get it going here.
1: Yeah, so uh, for starters, earlier in the game, um, you know, Adam Boakvis takes a hit uh cheers um Tony just ripped a shot as Ooh. I was talking there for a second um but you know early in, in that first period David Krejci puts a hit on Adam Boakfist uh should have absolutely been a boarding penalty was not called so I want to precursor that because that's going to add into my little flair uh as we get here into the third period um it was blatant and He he raised his shoulder The elbow came up a little bit Got into Boakvist Thank thank God Boakvist had his hands in front of him And was able to brace his fall Otherwise he's arguably out cold off the edge of the boards um, Just face first Instead uh, He gets hit I did see a tweet This made me feel a little better A little, just a smidge um, That Jeremy Collinson did say That they don't think his injury is anything serious uh, And they'll know more in the next day or so So at least that's encouraging. It's not like they came out and they're like, "Yep, broke his collarbone," or "Yep, he busted his shoulder." So that's one thing. But still pissed off about that. Krejci should have been called and he wasn't. So let's fast forward to the third period, as you mentioned. So, you know, good hockey, you know, hockey back and forth. The pace was picked up, as you mentioned. The Hawks have been a much better third period team all year than they have been a first period team. Uh, We know that. We got that. But you know, they're, they're coming out. They they have some chances. Uh, Kirby Doc, Shades of Marion Hosa. I know you said that earlier in our, our group chat. He He's playing like a man possessed right now. He had an assist on that DeBrinckit goal in the second. That's his uh, fifth straight game, I want to say, now with a point. Uh, he's been absolutely sensational ever since they've actually been playing him with skilled players. Yes. Um, most recently yes. with, with Sod and Kane. He's playing big minutes now, too. Um, the training wheels are off with Kirby Doc. He, once again tonight, played over 17 minutes, almost 18 minutes tonight. Um, and he, he looked really good. He was all over the place. Um, you know, he, he's the making of a superstar, but that was the good, the bad it, uh, you know, we can really fast forward all the way to about two little over two minutes left in this game. Um, so Zach Smith is, uh, you know, going to make a play in in the zone. He had a nice chance on the other end of the ice as we're talking about this. They're coming back and Tory Krug's going to, to pinch on a puck. And Zach Smith, you know, catches a little bit of him, admittedly, with like his upper bicep. Yeah, it wasn't even his shoulder. It was his upper bicep. Because Tory Krug's a little guy. He's a little guy. Zach Smith, pretty good sized guy. He's about 6'2. And they call a fucking penalty. But yet earlier in this game, they didn't call a boarding call. Um, The Krejci hit on on Adam Boklis that knocked him out of this game. The Hawks had to play with five D-men for most of this fucking game. Adam Boklis had under nine minutes tonight. Everybody else on the team except Slater Cuckoo played over 21 minutes. And Slater Cuckoo still played 18 and a half fucking minutes tonight. That should tell you just how much of a clusterfuck it was. But anyway, on top of that, you know, so they go to the, the PK. And what happens? On the first draw... Patrice Bergeron buries his stick into Ryan Carpenter's face. The referee doesn't fucking see it because he gets enamored like a little kid watching a butterfly in the fucking playground as the puck leaves the freaking face off dot. And Taves goes down, makes a great, great job by Taves taking the fuck down the ice there. And then they give Ryan Carpenter a 10-minute penalty because he's chirping the ref. Yeah, I'd be chirping the ref too. I just got hit in the face with a stick. I don't give a shit who it is. I don't care if it's Patrice Bergeron. I don't care who it is. You just took a stick in the face. I'd be chirping him too, but no. Instead, they kick him out of the game. Ten-minute penalty. Sure, they could have given him a two. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. They still kicked him out of the game. Nonetheless, you know. And then we're sitting here, and you know, the Hawks are shorthanded. What a play by Oli Mata! Because you know, we're sitting here watching it. He's just—it's a balls-to-the-walls play. He gets the puck out of the zone. He's falling. And he gets the puck up to Kajula, and Drake Kajula comes into the zone and just rifles a beauty, an absolute beauty. But no, no, no. The play was whistled dead because of a quote-unquote hand pass. After the game, ladies and gentlemen, if you watched anything on social media, press conferences, what have you, Jonathan Taves said the referee admitted they made a mistake, that in fact, if you watch the replay, the puck touches Olimata's stick before Drake Kajula picks it up. Therefore, it should have been a good goal. The Hawks should have won this game with about a minute five remaining on the clock. They most likely would have killed everything off, and it, it would have been a 2-1 Hawks victory. Robin Lehner would have, wouldn't have would have had to make 38 of 40. It would have been less than that because he would have only given up one goal because the refs could have done their fucking jobs correctly. But instead, they fuck it up. They miss. Hawks get a, pow- a power play out of it regardless because it was a trip. Olimata well, was blatantly tripped. And then we go to overtime. And then, you know, this shit happens in overtime. And I know we, I got to give you some thoughts on this before we talk about overtime. But, Tony, what the fuck? This is the – and just sorry. This is the one thing that pisses me off. Uh, referees in, across all sports lately, this is, a, this is a, a very recent thing. Over the last handful of seasons across all major sports, you know, Major League Baseball, the NHL the NFL for sure, the refereeing has been absolute horseshit. And here's the problem with that is it's impacting games. The new Orleans saints got fucked out of going to the super bowl because of a call uh, just what, two years ago. Not Yeah. Two years. Last season wasn't even last season, LA Rams went to the super bowl instead and then they got shit on by the Patriots. And then now, you know, you've seen it all over the NHL. That call especially tonight literally cost the Blackhawks the game, cost them the fucking game. And it, it mind boggles me because these referees can keep their jobs and they could say, oh, we fucked up. And sure, do people make mistakes, mistakes in life? Absolutely. And I am by far not the most perfect person in the world. And I will own up when I make a mistake too. Here's the difference. My mistake isn't costing potentially millions of dollars for people. What if Drake Kajula has a bonus attached to that goal that he just lost money on because they fucked up? what if you know in a couple of years especially now that sports betting's become a thing happy about it it's yeah well stan can s- <laughs> just, just where pick the sun Fox don't right shine there. yeah <laughs> but you know like in in the future when sports betting is now becoming a thing that's costing people money you know these these decisions are directly impacting things that you know potentially matter and You know, these referees need to get their shit straight because otherwise you shouldn't be allowed to keep your job. You fuck up enough times in the real world, no matter what you're doing, you're getting fired. And that's what should happen with these referees because they missed three very important calls in this game and they were all piss poor. And then to make up for it. What do they do? Oh, we fucked up and we also kicked Ryan Carpenter out of the game because he was upset he got hit in the face. I'd be upset I got hit in the fucking face too. Anyway, Tony, go ahead. So, this just brought up a, a lot.
0: Before we get into my thoughts on this, I mean the the uh, the, the second shot has, has hit me, um, and I lost my beer for a second. So you can tell with the state of mind that I'm in. Um, I, I want to have a, a like an all out debate. I think we should just do this on a I don't know platform neutral podcast uh, with you and I about refs and sports and what that all means and everything. I'm a huge fan of the human element. In games, whether that be the NHL, the NFL, baseball. Um, I'm I'm totally against robot umps and all this other stuff. You call me a meatball, I don't give a fuck. Um, I love the human element. It it adds water cooler talk, right? Like the the talk we're having right now, you know, we could be pissed off as fans, right? We could be really pissed off. But imagine if everything was all automated and 100% perfect, yeah, it's a fair world, but then then we're not sitting here right now, and we're not angry. We're not pissed off. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that there's value to that. And I, I, right now is probably not the time to go down this road. But I, I think there's value in this because. It, 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 when you're angry, you're alive, man And I love that feeling And I'm just going to say that out there right now and, and maybe you and I can table this and take it to another world uh, Another podcast Another a co-written article I, I don't know, we'll do something about this Because I think this is an excellent topic To, to just explore In, in all of sports I think this is an excellent topic And it doesn't It gets coverage, but it doesn't get enough coverage, Ron And that's, that's where I'm trying to go with that But yeah, I, I, like I'm I'm pissed because I think Mark Lazarus actually just had a tweet out there that said, the Hawks played poorly most of the game, yet should have won. Hockey is weird. And I, I'm a huge fan of, of weird sports stuff, right? Like, so uh, we I'll use a baseball example right now. Um, I love the NL style of play because when an AL team goes to the NL, they have to bat their pitcher, they don't get the DH, which opens up all sorts of different weird scenarios that can take place. Um, you see some some just off the wall shit. Well, bringing this back for a second here, this was off the wall shit that happened in tonight's game. We talked about it just a few minutes ago. The Hawks were outplayed in the first. Boston's a better team. They probably overall deserve to win this game. You look at the betting lines on tonight's game. Yeah, they favored Boston, and rightly so. But the Hawks should have won because of that blown call. And so you, you, you take this into consideration here, and you're like, how do I make sense of this as a Hawks fan versus as just a sports watcher in general? There's two different lanes that you can take here. One is that the Blackhawks, they got lucky, and they showed their skill— at the right times in order to win a game, which is what you have to be. It's tactful, right? And the Hawks have won a lot of their games tactfully this year. That's partly on Patrick Kane. That's partly on great goaltending from both Robin Lehner and Corey Crawford. That's what they displayed tonight. They had great goaltending. They shut down a team that's better than them because they had a hot goalie in net. And they allowed themselves enough chances to get into the game because of that. Because they have elite scoring talent. And a guy like Alex Dabrinkit, he is an elite scorer in the NHL. His numbers may not show it right now, but we've been talking about it on this podcast all all year long. That's what happens when you have great goaltending, is you can afford to give up chances like this. I'm not saying that that's a good thing they shouldn't be doing it every night. Yes, you need your defense to step up, but that's what happened. Then you you take the kind of uh, aspect that that you just brought up here with a sports bet. Does the over or under hit because of that goal? There is money attached to this. The the United States as a whole are are, are moving towards legalization in every state. So people have money attached to these games, which then affects the emotional and uh, not only emotional, but financial status of of people's—I wouldn't say livelihoods, unless you're a real degenerate. But I mean, some people are. Um, you know, there there there's stakes on this. There's bonuses on this. There's dollars attached to it. So it becomes all more important, and the human element can can really sway that, as we saw tonight. So I think this is just a, an excellent topic, Ron. But l- let's go back to myself here. And the emotions that are going through my head as I watch this. The face-off between Ryan Carpenter and Patrice Bergeron. I don't know if I've been, like you said, that pissed off since a Blackhawks playoff game. And it didn't make any sense to me. But I want to bring this back, and this is very nitpicky for me, I think, is that where is Jeremy Colleton in this whole entire scenario? Where, why is he not up on the bench grabbing his nutsack like Coach Q? Where's the emotion? Where is it? This guy has lacked it the whole entire time. And, and yeah, he, he, made, he, he did address the media on some of this stuff, and I believe he said, well, Carpenter got buried on the face off and he wasn't happy about it, so he did what he did. Okay, I like that. Argue. I I I don't know. I don't know if it's just something that, that that pisses me off internally, but I feel like your coach in that situation should get just get so absolutely fucking livid that it lights a fire underneath you to then spark your team. And then and then for me, the second thing that happens is the Drake Kajula goal gets called off. If I'm Jeremy Carlton, I'm fucking running onto the ice and sh- just bitching out the ref. I don't I don't care. Like, uh, hockey coaches don't do that, right, Ron? Like, that's not something that happens. But the, this is the second instance, and he's there kind of biting his lip, yeah, calls the ref over, talks to him, gets it explained, yay, yeah, showing some emotion. Where's the F-bombs? And maybe this is just poor camera work from NBC, but I want to see Jeremy Carlton get really hot and bothered. I don't know about you, but I want to see him just get livid.
1: I mean, there was there was moments tonight, though, that they panned to him, and it looked like he had just gotten done being livid. So it honestly could have been camera work because there was at least two or three notable seconds where you know he was kind of in that, like, you could tell he had just got done saying something and kind of in that stink eye, and he's like, kind of got that little bit of like a sass to him. Like I think he said some choice words to the refs, but again, it's just because you know they're not showing it. You know, you I, know they. See, they showed- I that's that's
0: why I'm qualifying this right now is maybe it's the camera work. But Ron, I've had a problem with this since day one of Jer- the Jeremy Carlton era. I want to see him just get like, I don't know. I I, I want to see him throw some fucking chairs or some shit. Like I I don't know. I like just. Coach Q was so cool and tough, and I'll, I'll bring that term up right here. He, he was cool and tough. Like, you knew that he was mad and that it instilled something on the bench. Like, we need to go do something to make this right. I want to see that from him. And you know that Jonathan Taves and the way that he's played in the last two games, he's that guy right now for this team. Because he's been all over the ice. You talk about Kirby Doc playing like a man possessed, and I love that from him. And I'm going to segue into this. But Jonathan Taves has been playing like a man possessed, and then you see Kirby Doc start to take that same attitude. Every time the camera pans to him after he doesn't finish on a goal or something doesn't go his way, this kid's fucking screaming F-bombs into the air and pissed off because he knows that he can do better. That is the future captain of this fucking team, Ron. And and if I'm going to try and take some positives out of this third period, it's that Kirby Doc on two nights in a row, I don't know if you guys touched on this last night. I'm sure you did. But this kid, he knows. He knows in his mind he should finish. Mm -hmm. And when he doesn't, he's pissed and it's mentally on his like it's just a mental thing it's on his mind i need to do better you saw it last night you saw it tonight from him that's what makes a star that's the next level right there that's when you know this guy is going to hit that next gear and and i i i translate that to the play of jonathan taze because when he's out on the ice he's going to the corner when he's out on the ice he's hustling you can see every gear just change as he goes after a puck and I'm gonna bring bring up a name right here of a guy who's been excellent for this team all season and in the last two games I've been really disappointed in that's Patrick Kane looks like he's going through the motions and I don't want to go and say that's why he doesn't wear a C on his chest because I think on most NHL teams Patrick Kane is a captain I don't know about you but I think he is, just with his pure talent and skill alone. But I think he lacks some of that leadership. We see it right here tonight. There was a there was a play where he's got the puck along the sideboards and flips a lazy pass that, that winds up going back down the ice because it gets stolen. I don't know about you, but I want you to dig in right now, Ron, uh, on Patrick Kane's play tonight and, and maybe just a little bit last night. What are you, what are you noticing with him?
1: Well, um... I got a little bit of a – maybe it's a bit of a trivia question for you as kind of answering a question with a question. Do we think that, A, him playing in the All-Star game and not having a true 10 days rest, and, B, this guy being the only forward on this team that consistently plays over 20 minutes a night, is that finally starting to catch up with him in these dog days of February? I think it honestly might be. And, you know, don't get me wrong. If there's anybody on this team that can do it, it's certainly Kaner. But, you know, he is 31 years old now. He's got a lot of miles on that body. And, you know, I'm looking right now just at his last five games in his time on ice. In Toronto and Winnipeg, on the 18th and 19th of January, he played, you know, closer to 19 minutes in both of those games. I'm sure that was one of the top for forwards. But then in that Florida game, he played 26 minutes He played 22 against Arizona and then he played over 20 tonight, you know, and or excuse me, the over 20 against Minnesota. And then he played again over 20 tonight. You know, I think it honestly might just be a case of him legitimately getting tired, you know, and I think that's a good you know sign to, you know, guys like Kirby Doc starting to step up and and play the way he is, because now some of these other guys got to be able to take off some of that pressure from Kane. You know, Kane is absolutely a Superman if anybody is on this team, but, you know, he can't do it every single night in and night out. And, you know, I think at this point in Kane's career, he's a C on a couple of teams in the NHL. And I, you know, he wears an A in Chicago. He still is a captain of some capacity. Uh, It just, you, you know, when they named a captain, you know, Taves was just leaps and bounds ahead in maturity. And so it made sense at the time to why he was named captain. And I, I don't, you know, question that by any means, but you know, I, I think I think they just they need some of these other guys to step up. One thing that really bothered me tonight too. You know, we're talking about these you know guys that can make an impact and take some pressure off of Kane playing in you know situations to 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 do that. Right? Docs playing in a top six role now. He's getting power play time. You know, he they're putting him in that position. Taves obviously is in that position. Kubalik is in that position playing in a top six role. But why isn't Brandon Saad playing on the power play? Why is Alex Neilander out there on the second power play unit? That it drove me absolutely bonkers tonight because every time Nylander touches the puck, he shows like he'll start skating and he'll make a little move. And like you're like, a, oh, oh, maybe. And then he like loses the puck into the corner. And it's just like, you know, I hate to say it, but Brandon Saad takes that puck to the net and you don't know what happens. Why is one of your best players, you know, who can make an impact on the game every time he touches the puck, not playing in those type of situations? Saad doesn't kill penalties as much anymore because he doesn't have to. You have guys like Ryan Carpenter and Zach Smith and, you know, Jonathan Taves and David Camp to do that. Why isn't he playing that additional man time? You know, put him out there with Dylan Strome and Dominic Kubalik. That's a hell of a line for a power play, you know? And obviously, you know, on nights when Bo Chris is healthy, then that's your Gustafson and Keith as your pairing at the top. And you got Gus playing on that top power play unit with Doc, Taves, Debrinket, and Kane. But I just – you got to take some of the pressure, I think, off of Kane, and it's it's not that he can't handle the pressure. I think he's just getting legitimately tired at this point in the season. I hope this little four day break, there, the three day break or whatever it is now that they have coming up, is good rest for him, and he looks like himself again. Because you did say, it. I mean, he looked very good in that Arizona game, right? He looked fresh. He looked good, you know. And I think you know, just these last two games, for whatever reason, he looked tired. And so, you know, I, I agree, he doesn't look like himself by any means, but. You know, I don't know necessarily if it's, you know, him just not caring necessarily. He might just be legitimately gassed. I mean, this dude just has constantly played hockey, you know, for the last however many seasons. And, you know, obviously playing in the All-Star game, sure. Are they exerting that much energy? No. But you still got to put the skates on. You still got to go out there and do something. You got to deal with the media. Like you really didn't – he didn't really get as much of an escape as some of these other guys on the team. And I think that escape could have honestly done him a lot of good. So, you know, I I wouldn't think I wouldn't look too far into it, you know, because Kane still has that, that mentality, right? There was a couple of times, like last night, I remember where he would, he was getting frustrated and you could tell. And then, you know, kind of like doc, you know, coming back to the bench and you read his lips and he's like, ah, fuck, you know? Yeah. I think he still cares. I think he's just legitimately tired and, you know, is maybe just trying to do too much right now. And you know, let guys like Kirby Doc and Brandon Saad and, and Taves and Kubelik and fuck Kajula. Look at Kajula's play, how great he's been playing up in a top six role. You know, let these guys help you take some of that pressure off. Let Stroman to get going on that third, third line, you know, and, and just take some of the, the ease off of Kane a little bit because as much as he wants to be Superman – He's not the 25, 26-year-old Patrick Kane anymore, and, you know, there's a chance that Miles are starting to catch up to him, at least in spurts like this where they're playing on back-to-back nights, in overtime on back-to-back nights as well.
0: Well, I mean, Ron, the Hawks right now, like, I watch these games, and there's, it's like watching a playoff series every time they play, at least lately and that that might just be the, the lack of meaningful games the Hawks have played in the last few years, but, like, I'm living and dying with every shift, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's appointment television, and then you just get let down every single time, at least the last two nights. That's rough. That's rough on the fan. That's rough on the team, um, especially after their win in Arizona where you hear about the team, uh, you know, celebrating and having a great time in the locker room. I expected some of this momentum. When you, Johnny and I talked on Four Fathers uh, on our on our main show, um the flagship show, we we gave predictions about where this team would go. And what did I say? I wanted like 10 wins. Mhm. Oh, dude, you had the chance on back-to-back nights. This could be a 3 and 0 run right here to start this Second half, and to let these last two slip—that's gotta hurt a little bit. Like there should be some angst. There should be some—I don't know—feeling of lack, of, uh, the lack of finishing. It's its almost like they've got some 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 winning blue balls right now. This next game they play, they better go out and fucking dominate. So why don't you take me into the next game the Hawks are going to play?
1: Yeah, I agree. Just quickly before we do transition into the next game, um, obviously then in overtime, Hawks took a power play into the overtime, could not convert on it. We were, we were um, going to skip through this. Yeah, and uh, you know people know what happened. Boston <laughs> wins 2-1, McAvoy's first of the season, yada, yada, yada. So let us transition, as you mentioned, Tony, into the next game. So the Blackhawks are going on a little bit of a five-game road trip now. Uh, they will start on Sunday in Winnipeg against the division rival Jets. Um, then I believe they go, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, to Edmonton, to Calgary, to Vancouver, back to Winnipeg to end the trip. I know they end it again in Winnipeg, and then they play the three, the Western Canadian teams as well. It's a Canada road trip for the next five games, but it all starts against the Winnipeg Jets on Sunday, so um, you know, I, I would fully expect Laner to be back in net. He looked great tonight. I don't think this game was at all his fault by any stretch of imagination. Um, it sounds like Vogtus will be okay, so I fully expect him to be back in the lineup. I really hope they let Sealer finally play for Cuckoo because Cuckoo has just not looked good lately. Um, I'm I'm not Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs right now, and he just needs to be sitting on the bench. So. You know, those are just kind of some headlines coming into this. Obviously, Winnipeg is a good team. Uh, they have a lot of good players, guys like Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, uh, Patrick Laine. Um, I believe Brian Little is still injured, um, but he's also, you know, a key player on their team. Um, yeah, he hasn't played since November, uh, but did have five points in seven games. Um, so he was setting himself up for a good season, but he is hurt. Um, so, you know, they have good depth too. I mean, they, they have a lot of really good players. Blake Wheeler is another really good player as well. Um, the news with Bufflin, you know, the, him, them pretty much mutually parting ways is going to happen. Um, so really the only, I would say legit defensemen that they have, um, are, you know, Morrissey and, and Pionk. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to play in net for the, the jets. Um, I would fully expect Hellebuck unless for some reason they're playing on a back-to-back. I don't know their schedule. Like you said, Tony, we jumped on and just got right into this. But um, now that I'm done bantering, uh, I would like to hear your predictions for Sunday and uh, get a little stick-to-click action in here before we get out of here. Yeah, uh, I
0: this, this has to be a win. It has to be. Um, I'm not looking at anything outside of just pure motion. This has to be a win for this team. Um, Just collectively, like I said, the lack of finish in the last two games. You know Jonathan Taves is in the locker room preaching up. Uh, Let's not let it go to overtime next time. Let's get this done. Stick to click, Johnny Taves. I mean, it's easy right here. This guy is not going to let this team go on a three-game losing streak, even though the last two games went to overtime. He's going to get on the board early. He's going to set the tone. He's going to set the pace. Let's go. Jonathan Taves, Blackhawks win 4-3, I believe uh in, in Winnipeg in regulation.
1: I like it. Yeah, I agree. You know, Taves is certainly gonna be playing like a man possessed. Um, you know, as is uh I would fully expect, you know, Patrick Kane to play that way. I think Brandon Saad's gonna come out with a chip on his shoulder as well. Um I would like to see De continue his his scoring streak. Obviously him scoring tonight was huge for him. Uh, Dylan Strome, same thing. He looks a little rusty getting back into the swing of things, but he hasn't looked bad by any means. Uh, he just looks a little rusty. He's, he's still getting, you know, I think, his, his feet fully under him. Uh, I, think, I think this is going to be a Blackhawks win, too, because I think this team is legitimately pissed off right now. And that's a great thing, because I think the teams of the last two years after something like this would have happened, I don't think they would have been pissed off. You know, I I think they would have just been like, ah, well, we almost had it. You know, darn, gosh, darn it. No, they're like, no, fuck this. We're mad. We're pissed off. You know, we want to win these games and we should have won these games. And they know they should have won these two games. You know, even though they didn't play their best hockey, they still had the opportunity to win. They didn't take advantage of it, especially in tonight's game. You know, so I think they're really going to come out fiery. And I look forward, honestly, to seeing how they respond. You know but I I picked him for for this game with Johnny last night I'm gonna pick him again uh, Kirby Doc is arguably one of the best players on the ice the last six seven games now for the Blackhawks uh, he's gonna be my stick to click another guy like you said that fiery passion um, you know gets his tenth uh, tenth assist of the, of the the season tonight. That was a 17th point. I think he gets maybe 18 and 19 points um, in that game on Sunday against the Jets because I think he is going to finish. And it, instead of telling himself, fuck, I should have had that, it's going to be, yeah, boys, I fucking got it. Let's go. So I'm going to take the uh, the big old rookie center, number 77, Kirby Dock as my stick to pick.
0: Love it, Ron. All right. Anything else before we close this one down on the Blackhawks on tap? Four Feathers
1: podcast post-game show. I do just want to remind our fantastic listeners that they can find all of our content at the Tap Sports Network, which is online at www.ontapsportsnet.com. We are the best place for all of your literature podcasting needs, wants, and desires about your favorite Chicago sports teams. You're listening to some of the best Blackhawks coverage around right now with Blackhawks on tap, as well as you mentioned the flagship show, Four Feathers we have great baseball. Baseball's right around the corner. but Great White Sox content. Tony, you're a huge part of that with Shy Sox Weekly and Sox on Tap. I myself am over on the other side representing the Cubs uh, with Cubs on Tap and Northside 9, so you can hear us there as well, and all the great works by both of those groups on the writing side. The Bulls are also in full swing. Buzz and Bullscripted doing a great job over there as well, as, as well as the many great writers they have too. Um, and you know we we've got it all covered even the bears still guys we got tons of bears coverage right now even though they're in the off season uh, as we prepare for free agency So you can not only find us on the web you can also find us on social media that's twitter instagram and facebook at Tap sports net and once again www.ontapsportsnet.com the Tap sports network go ahead and check out what's on tap in chicago sports
0: love it Ron let's close it out how we always do Let's go Hawks, baby. Fuck the refs.